everybody. Welcome back in studio for the Fresh Shakes podcast with Russo and Felice. Uh, except it's no Felice today. Nick is had to be placed on the IL strain shoulder issue. No, a little bit under the weather, playing it safe during these trying times. So we appreciate that. Hope he's doing well, getting better, so we can see him soon. Uh, so across from me is uh, making his first back-to-back appearance in. Uh, about uh, let's see here for here about seven or so months by I think my estimation, Pat Russo Hello. coming in. Hello. In the clutch, Pat. Thanks for coming on short notice for you. No problem. We, we had to drag you away from playing the show for a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Nick Bryman with Taco Bell. Nick, hope you're feeling better. Um, hope to get you back on here soon. Hope to see you soon. That's all I got for now. All right, and uh, plenty of talk about today, Pat. Um, obviously, um, some semi-late breaking stories that have come across both of our phones. Yeah. Um, that we will get to. I forgot to put my phone on silent there, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, so let's take a look at the topics. NFL draft recap. Re- <laughs> re- <laughs> Solid start. I had a Marty Reed moment right there, if you if you know racing at all. <laughs> Solid start. Uh, the MLB and NASCAR have plans to return to action. Uh, we'll discuss those briefly. Uh, most of the time, though, NFL draft recap. Recap, I almost said recap again. It happens. Um, and uh, the late-breaking NFL news. Uh, that's not Roger Goodell, so... Pat, I'll kick to you for the late-breaking news. All right. Um, not, since, since we're big around here with Nick and fantasy, so has to do about that. It's a little more geared towards the fantasy breaking news, more as football. So I believe it was Mike Clay just announced they are allowing Taysom Hill to be used as a tight end flex option this year in fantasy leagues. However... If at any point he becomes a starter for the season, so if Breeze goes down, presumably Winston goes down as well, Taysom Hill has to step up and be the starting quarterback, they have the right to strip that tight end flex option and throw him back in the QB spot. So for those of you that are in some deep leagues, you might just need a crazy flex play for a week. Look at Taysom Hill possibly. I'm not crazy on him still as a flex option, no matter how deep your league is, because you're still going to have some receivers out there getting more than 7 to 10 snaps a game. But just want to share that with everyone in case you're intrigued. Taysom Hill starting the fantasy year as a tight end flex option. All right. So there's that. Winston, Saints are making a lot of news lately. Uh, Winston getting the deal of the century there. But either way, uh, let's get into the draft. Uh, Joe Burrow going number one, obviously to Cincinnati. Uh, no surprise there. Um, didn't this draft? It didn't. <laughs> I don't think it was mean to be a surprise draft. Through, I'd say even the first three picks. Um, I'll give Detroit benefit out with Akuda. Um, you know, kind of. He he was a bit of a weird spot. Anyway, yeah, I wasn't um, crazy about it. <laughs> the draft kind of went off the rails with the Giants pick, I'd say. Um, from from there, it went all sorts of different ways, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. I want to start by asking this question to you. Um, I, I tweeted it I, and during the draft. Um, I was not a 
big fan of the way it, it I get that they were doing what they're doing it's the only option they had in a lot of cases I, I didn't think the draft was really done well I thought in, it was terrible in terms of production oh it was bad um, it was very bad boy ESPN <laughs> just they butchered a hey lot. hey here's this draft pick made his dream here let's tell you about his dad who died in a tragic meat grinder accident when he yeah. was six yeah like just so much stuff like that and like, the Redskins had their pick in for, like, 15 minutes before they got to announcing yeah. that it was Chase Young. And, and so that, did since. That, wasn't just, that wasn't just the Redskins' pick either. Um, like, I felt like they had – we saw a video of Tua before he got drafted by Miami with the pick is in for, like, 10 minutes before they even announced the pick. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I, I, what were your what were your thoughts? I, I knew going in I wasn't going to be crazy about it being virtual – the issues I brought up didn't happen, thankfully, but they still, like, the little facts they had about the players were that they were stupid. Yeah. And, like, I understand, I understand the whole part of talking about a guy while the pick is in, because it's a little easier to manage it when you have a live draft itself, because you're sitting there, you're able to interview a guy while you're showing his highlights while the team is making their pick. As opposed to, okay, now it's virtual. How is this all going to run? So that that was a tough thing to handle. And obviously for the first time ever doing it, didn't turn out well. That's not a surprise. But these these facts they dug up on the kids, like like, like you had said. And then they showed the one player where his yeah, stats are he had like this GPA in high school, this way in college. Yeah. Mom has been struggling with addiction for 16 years. Yeah, I think that was uh, the T. Higgins and, one. Yeah, and I'm just saying, I'm like, you couldn't come up with this any random third thing, like he has three brothers. Like, I would rather want to know that he has three brothers than. And, like, the, they, man, was, they dropped the ball there big time. There was a late round fans. pick, and I forget which one. I, you know, apologies for that. But, like, they gave, like, no stats. It was just this arrest record. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's <laughs> one of those. Like, <laughs> And that that's the one where regardless of if you're doing a virtual or a live draft that we're doing that those anyway. those kinds of things are set up beforehand. Yeah. So that's like this draft when it comes to that aspect would have been messed up from the start with that. Obviously being virtual like I said they can't handle if there would have been any glitches. They can't handle or they're just learning how to handle okay, how do we interview this player from home? while getting ready for the next pick while also showing the highlights. That's a little more difficult to do, I think. So it's not a surprise that they kind of slipped in that regard. All in all, the virtual draft, hopefully we never have to see something like this again because for any sport, I don't think it would have been successful. Ratings-wise, it was successful. Got to keep in mind, it was a Thursday night. Not much else watch to watch on a Thursday night right now. I don't know how many people truly watched rounds four through seven on Saturday. I tuned in on my phone for the second round just for Miami's picks. So, eh. Yeah, let's get into a couple of the picks themselves now. Um, obviously, Burrow, like I said, I mean, it kind of went straightforward um, for, for the first couple picks. Yeah. Then from there, it kind of went a bit sideways, I thought. Um, definitely didn't think the Dolphins were going to take Tua. Um, I, I, I said it last week. I was kind of all in on them not taking him. And, I saw uh, it coming. And uh, among the, other things, uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're the Miami fan here. You, I know where you kind of danced on it. Yeah. Um, I want to circle. You want to? I'll hold off on that because I want to circle back to Miami when we get to the winners and losers segment. 
not to spoil too much of what I just did to myself there. Okay. Um, what, like, were for you, like, pick-wise, were there any surprises, like, where people were taken? I, because I got, like, a number of them. <laughs> I do think Jeff Akuda three. I would have – I understand Isaiah Simmons slid to Arizona at nine. I understand we were thinking or saying, why didn't the Giants take him? After I sat down and thought about more, that was a very solid solid pick by the Giants. It was one of those in the moment I laughed at, and then they went after a positional need. You have a young quarterback. You have the best running back in the game. Get them protection. It, it was a very smart pick. They loved Andrew Thomas. So you can't fault them for going after him. When it comes to Detroit, if you're looking at Okuda versus Simmons, Simmons took over 200 snaps from just about every defensive position last year, I think, except for the defensive line or in his career or something like that. That's a guy that versatility-wise I would have taken just from the standpoint of, okay, we can plug him in because we just lost Darius Slay. Okay, we get another corner through a trade or free agency. We can move him into linebacker. We can drop him to safety. We can throw him at an edge rusher. So I think the Akuda at three was a little bit of a surprise to me with Simmons sitting there still, obviously. Um, Henry Ruggs being the first receiver taken was a huge surprise. I understand he's fast, but when you have a guy like Jerry Judy who is his teammate, still sitting there. I would have went Judy before I went Ruggs, but the Raiders must have seen something. That was a big surprise. I think the Eagles, with the receiver they took out of TCU, was a huge surprise. Again, it was either him or Justin Jefferson. They must have seen something they like in this TCU receiver, whether it's versatility, different places you can plug them in as opposed to Jefferson. I don't know what it was. Um, And then... In the second round, New England being New England going with a D2 corner was a huge surprise. I don't know how much this guy was being talked about originally, but all I know is the reaction from everyone was like, this was out of left field, weren't looking at him, no one was paying attention. I don't know if Belichick, obviously Belichick always has something up his sleeve to make that team competitive and successful. I don't know if this is part of it, but I guess we're going to see how it pays off. Um, I think that's all I really have for kind of surprise picks. Um, I don't know. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going 32nd to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Just the surprises in, like, I thought that he would be a mid-20s pick. Either him or um, Swift. One of them off the board is in the mid-20s. Edward Solaire went before him at 32 to cap off the first round. I thought either way you went with him, you're going to get a solid running back. I was just kind of surprised he slipped. I shouldn't say slipped. Kind of surprised he wasn't a mid 20s. Yeah. So um, for the Patriots guy anyway, that'd be Kyle Duggar from Lenore. From uh, yeah, Lenore Ryan. Um, he's going to be good, I think. I mean, he's got he's got a good build to him, and he plays a very pro style ball himself personally. Um, yeah, I mean, my first surprise was actually the Giants, you know, he's a top five lineman, but definitely I didn't think the best. I thought Worfs was the best. Um, obviously, you know, Gettleman 
and those guys know something probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is um, Th- Thomas was a four-year starter at Georgia, so yeah. he's – it's not like he's a slouch. The dude's solid. Yeah. He was a four-year starter, and these past four years, Georgia's been top ten most of the time, so he's been a starting lineman on a top ten college team. So, I mean, I, I, I was surprised that I picked it first too, but the more I thought about it, it – it was a smart move. It really was. Yeah, a um, couple more. Um, not for the team that took him, I was surprised with Minnesota taking Justin Jefferson, but the fact that Philly took um, Reger, the guy from yeah. TCU, over him. Um, not not too sure what the thinking is exactly there. Um, yeah. You know, I don't – personally, I don't think you take a Darren Sproles-type guy in the first round, but – Whatever. Um, yeah, keep in mind, Philly loves those kind of guys, though. Um, so. The obvious surprise to me, even though I, when trade happened, I called it. Uh, Pat, you can vouch for me on that one. Um, the Green Bay selection of Jordan Love. Um, I said once a trade happened. Yeah. Well, no, the, like the only thing I'm thinking. I was thinking, like, they're really about to do this. <laughs> the only thing I'm really sitting here thinking about with that one is, like, that that is what they did with Farvin to Rodgers, though. So they do need to get their predecessor, and obviously they're not going to be in a position where they're going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence next year. They ain't going to be the worst team in football. Probably not, no. I kind of wish they would be, but they're not going to be. You had to take what you could get at that point, and if they can groom Jordan Love into being a solid starter, they just got to get him weapons like they need to get Rodgers weapons. But, I don't know. We're going to see. Absolute craziness outside today. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, but um, that one surprised me for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, I know, and I agree with you. I mean, I know what they're doing. I mean, I don't think any of us are dumb, but I couldn't believe they actually, the Mad Men actually did it. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, there's that. Um I was surprised that Edwards Hilaire went before Swift, in all honesty. Um, but when you think about the, the offense that Kansas City runs, you know, Edwards Hilaire probably fits that better. He's pass much better back. in the pass game, um, among other things there. All right, let's get into winners and losers. So I, because I semi-spoiled it, all right, I'll say my winner is Miami. I mean, hands down. I mean, not not so much for the Tua pick itself. Three offensive but, linemen. But, yeah, I mean, they took three offensive linemen in their first four picks, which was a big need for them, obviously. And then, you know, they didn't draft them, but it was a draft night trade getting Matt Breida. Yeah. I mean, I like I, it. Miami killed this draft in all honesty. They really did. Um, this was a team – you know, myself included, I think we kind of wrote off in the start of last year, and it it became apparent fast, I think, just what Brian, Flo- Brian Flores can coach. Um, there was talent on that team. He gets those guys fired up. Um, and they were really in more games than that record indicates. Um, Devontae Parker had a 1,200-yard yeah. season in 11 games. So they're my big winners. I mean, obviously, from that big standpoint. Um, yeah. You know, if I had to pick kind of like a secondary winner in a way, um, and I don't understand the exact, I've heard a lot of backlash against them for the way they kind of drafted, and I'm not 
look, I, I, I get what what's happening there. But, like, New England, I thought, drafted pretty well. Um, you know, I, I just – look, they don't know what they're going to really get, right? Mm. Like, and this is going to be the first season without Brady. I think Belichick definitely took guys for the future, not in the immediate. Oh, yeah. So, I think – they're gonna, and I don't blame them for not really taking a quarterback this year, right? You might as well just see what Stidham's got for the year, roll with it, and you got Brian Hoyer, who, who the way the the way I'm understanding is Stidham's going to be starting, and if anything goes awry, they're just going to throw Hoyer in there and just kind of ride out the year. Yeah. Um. And then next year, obviously, the big prize is Trevor Lawrence, and Bill Belichick, from things I've read, is enamored with him. So, I yeah. I think you know maybe not they're they're probably not a winner in the true sense of you know like winning the draft but they were the winners in the sense that hey like we know where we're kind of standing this year like let's plan the future out right and get it done so uh, just, winner winners for you I just think the Patriots are gonna have to make a trade to get Lawrence because I still don't see him being the worst team in football no matter what well, probably um, not. winners. If we're not looking at, obviously we've got to look at the entire draft, but just very few immediate picks. Arizona locking up Isaiah Simmons at nine. That's obviously a win. A dude that's a top five prospect, yeah. top three prospect falling to them. Um, I'll be honest. I know a lot of people were knocking them. I knocked the first pick. You knocked the first pick for them. And like I said, after I thought about it, the Giants had a very good draft. They also got three offensive linemen yeah. that are going to hold up for well, Jones thing, and Saquon. The they thing, got Xavier McKinney in the second round. This that's dude the thing was too, a. That's the thing too with Arizona. I mean, they got beefy on the line, which is what they needed too on both sides. Right, and but when you look at the Giants, you got Xavier McKinney with like the thirty seventh overall pick, and this guy, I thought he was one of the top defensive backs last year, one of the top ones coming out. I would have. Love to see Miami go after him with their 26th pick or whatever it was. Twenty, Yeah, 26th. They passed up on him. Went with a different corner, unfortunately. But Xavier McKinney, that was a steal. I really think the Giants drafted very well. I think they're setting themselves up very well for the future, too. Um, I find it hard to consider the Patriots a winner just because I know there wasn't a lot of quarterbacks to pick from, but you could have taken Jacob Eason or whatever his name is yeah, just to see what he's got. I mean, let's say Stidham falters. You can throw him in there and see what he's got, and maybe he pulls a Tom Brady and goes off and becomes a stud and all this other stuff, and now you don't need Trevor. But I don't know. It is what it is. Um, I think the Raiders were a huge loser in this draft. Their first draft ever is Las Vegas Raiders, and you have some very good talent sitting on the board, and instead of going Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, or even Justin Jefferson, you go Henry Ruggs. I felt like a lot of their picks were reaches, and not like, okay, this is like a calculated reach. It's one of those, hey, this dude played for LSU. Let's go and get him, even though he's not projected for the next two rounds. I don't think the Raiders drafted very well. 
I know I'm probably taking a lot of heat for this one when people see it. I don't think the Bills drafted well either. Everyone getting hyped for that Jake Fromm pick, I don't know why. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. You guys love the fact that Josh Allen can scramble. Jake Fromm can barely run 40 yards without just falling over. He can barely run 10 yards without falling over, and you guys are thrilled about that. This dude is a four-year starter. Was average enough to get you by because their defense and running backs carried a team. I feel I think they went with a running back late in the draft, and they were thrilled to have this whoever they went with, and I've never even seen him before, never heard of his name before. I don't know. I don't think the Bills did that good. I think they're getting way too overhyped. I think they're hyping themselves up for a disaster this year. Personally, I'd love to see them fall flat on their faces being a Dolphins fan. I don't care about the whole Western Central New York crap. I want to see them falter. I want to see them fall on their faces. I'd love to see them only get two or three wins. And I would love to see them have to decide between do we keep. I just want to see them have to decide between do we keep going Josh Allen or do we take Trevor Lawrence. Because that's really going to put the Bills fan base into question about where your loyalty lies. And yes, I put that in air quotes. Because (laughs) because no one circles the wagons better than Bills fans that are ready to jump off at the first sign of trouble. So we'll see. That's the truth. (laughs) The Evan Parsons Project. (laughs) I just care to a really niche audience. (laughs) Anyway. Just saying. yeah, I wouldn't. I'm with you. I didn't. I wasn't really sure what the Bills were gonna were do, but they're definitely not my biggest losers, the, though. The Bills were like the Bills. Mm. The best way I can describe it is they were that guy that sits back and goes, "Yo, I'm the best Madden player in the world." And then when you go to do like a, a league or something, every single person he's picking, he's like, "Oh, I can win with a terrible quarterback. I can win with a terrible running back. Give me a 70 overall receiver car and I'll beat you." And then after the first quarter, you're beating him 55 to nothing, and he wants to quit. That's what the Bills are signing themselves up for. Like, oh, we can win no matter who's on the field. No, you can't. Yeah, so... Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, my biggest loser was Philadelphia. I really mm-hmm. don't know what their draft was. Um, you know, well alone the, the wide receiver deal, but... Uh, yeah, that, that's the What were they one. doing taking Jalen Hurts? And then they're saying they're going to use him as, a, like, a running back? I'm like, you don't yeah, no. do that. Like, I, I liked the like, Hurts. I don't – I just don't know what they're doing. I like the Hurts pick, but he has been adamant since this past season started for college about I'm not changing my position for any any NFL team. And I'm sure it might change depending off the Eagles. Like, hey, if you want to keep making money, you're going to do this or we're going to cut you. And he might not have a choice, but at the same time – He's already said on multiple occasions he ain't going to be a running back, a tight end, or whatever they want to make him into. So I'm not sure if he's going to be used as trade bait for guys that need a younger quarterback, maybe for the draft next year, for whatever the case is. Maybe that's what their thought process was. I didn't hate the Hurts pick. I just hate that they now want to make him a running back. Yeah, I I didn't know what they were really doing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's why I I just don't know what what the Eagles were doing there. Um, you know, uh, I'm with you. I'm not too sure exactly what the Raiders' plan was draft night either. Um, but they certainly 
yeah, I just, I don't know. Just a lot of questionable decisions on their part, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, shout out, quick second, Syracuse football, Sterling Hoffrecker got drafted. The punter, our best player. Um, Robinson got drafted by the Seahawks. Uh, Hoffrecker by the Falcons, so that's pretty cool. Cuse also got a couple undrafted signees, so hey, local flair, Pat. Whoop dee doo, I know it's what you're doing over yeah, there. Yeah, all four of our players were drafted. They didn't go unsigned, so. Whoop dee doo. Anyway, Mr. Irrelevant, the Giants selected linebacker Tay Crowder from Georgia, yeah. is Mr. Irrelevant this year. Any parting thoughts for the draft, Pat, before we move on? Um. I feel like this is going to be an extremely hot take. I would much rather have him do an untelevised draft if it has to go virtual ever again. Yeah. That was bad. I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> I um, I would almost rather have them just, like, set up a home broadcast for, like, two or three stations, networks, whatever, and just be like, oh, the pick is in. Goodell called us. They're taking Joe Burrow number one. And then just get the updates to my phone because that was rough. That was tough to watch. Um, This was a draft. I feel like a lot of teams, instead of just going best available player, went with positional needs, which I think accounted for a lot of the Mm -hmm. shakeup. Probably accounted for a lot of surprise picks we thought were out there. Um, I don't know. We're going to see what each of these guys bring to the table for their teams, what they have to offer. Um... Don't be surprised if you see Cincy sitting back at number one next year with Joe Burrow as their quarterback and Trevor Lawrence on the board. But um, all being said, I'm looking forward to a good year, looking forward to a good fantasy year, hopefully return to the playoffs after a tough season. But we'll see. Hopefully there is a season. <laughs> there will be. At this rate. There will be. All right. Let's, uh, let's do MLB's re- plans to return here. Um yeah, so this is kind of all kind of broken up here and broke out in the past day or so, really. Um, before we went live, there was an update that apparently um, there's a consensus among everybody, executives, owners, and MLB and union side of things, that there is going to be a season of some sort this year. Um, the main one that's had a lot of steam, and I think a lot of the uh, backing enough to make it plausible and real, um, just because of some of the people talking, um, is more or less this three division style where they're going to play about 80 to 100 games um, and get going in late July or late June, early July start. So let's give you the divisions first here what they do. There'll be no American and National League this year, just the divisions. In the East, we have Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Orioles, Nationals, Phillies. Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, Marlins. Are they trying to give us the World Series title? Oh, it gets better in my opinion. <laughs> Central are the Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, Tigers. Okay, so... That division, I think, top why, to bottom is so divided. <laughs> why are the Braves not in the East? Yeah, I, we'll circle back to that a little bit. It's like the Colts being in the AFC South. In the NL or the NL, in the West, it'd be the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Diamondbacks, A's, Rockies, and Padres. There's a realistic chance the Astros miss the playoffs with that one. 
And well, I would love the it. Part, the part that I love is the Dodgers playing the Astros <laughs> multiple someone's times. Get, someone's get, they're getting hit a lot. They're um, fighting a lot. You know, I, that's... Whew. You mentioned it. The one that caught me off guard was Braves in the Central. But the more I thought about it, the more it kind of makes sense that they're in the Central because they're trying to keep everything as regionalized as they can. Um, but you said the Marlins are in the East, right? Yeah. Whatever. I'm not yeah. going to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of intriguing matchups to me. Um, obviously, we haven't done our preview for baseball yet. Uh, that was something that would have obviously come out over a month ago now. Um, so what's the playoff format? Yeah, I don't know how they'd really do the playoff format yet. I think that's the really the one thing. My bet is that's the thing that's kind of snagging up the whole entire announcement of that's... what they're going to do. Um, things that I've kind of read and have seen, we'd probably have about two weeks of camp or some sort before we get going regular season-wise. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really betting the playoffs are, is what's kind of snagging this up. You know, I'd imagine they'd probably take the top four teams in each division. That's... Be a long playoffs. Well, I I don't see how you can divide it up any other way the way they kind of. Well, did what it. I was just thinking is you can't take the top three. That gives you an uneven bracket. Or, or unless you really three division winners. Unless you really want to do a buy system. Well, if you do nine teams, you have two, four, six. Yeah, you'd have three technically second round games set up, and then one team just waits for a wild card. So you could do, like, you know, one division winner against, like, the second place of this division, this division against this second, this division this division against this second, and then you have, like, the two lowest record teams in the playoffs have a, I hate to say a one-game wild card, but it's a one-game wild card, and then they meet, like, the team that had the best record. So you could you could plausibly do nine. I don't think you can do more, and you definitely can't do less. You can't just take, like, the top six. Or even, you can't just be like, hey, three division winners, and then the next best record is in. You can't mm-hmm. do that. I will send you the, the team alignment quick, and then we can do... I just think it's hilarious. If, then we'll just pick who we think the top four teams in each division are, because I think that'd be an interesting discussion here. So And they're still also going to be playing, like, what, 60, 70, 60 to 70 games It'd against be, their they're own? Targeting, they're targeting 80 to 100. Right, and 60 to 70 would be the, against the their hun- own division, right? No, everything would just be in division until playoffs. So everything is in their division? Yep. Jeez. So top- I, feel like, I feel like the East would probably be the most straightforward. Well, what are you, what are you defining as straightforward? The four best teams to me, anyway. Right, but what are your straightforward? Picks? I go Yankees. I go Rays. I go probably the Nationals. Man, and then it's actually a toss up for that fourth team. I think it's a toss up for three spots. I think the only this is also a little biased, but if they stay healthy, the Yankees are a guaranteed. Am I kind of crazy to think the Blue Jays could sneak in? Yes, you are. They're still way too young. I don't if even, I'm going by I don't, that lo- if I'm going by that logic, I think I'm gonna go Phillies then. I'm gonna go Yankees, Nationals, race Phillies out of the East. The only team in the East that I would say is a definite lock is the Yankees. 
Because I think the Phillies will probably sneak in. I think oh. two, three, and four are going to come down to like the final week and a half. The Phillies could sneak in. I think they'll make it. The Mets always have the pitching, but their hitting never puts it together. I think because the thing is, all Do these they other have teams. The pitching this I year, think though? I think the Red Sox could sneak in, but with Chris Sale being mm-hmm. out, I don't know. The Red Sox still they lost Mookie, but they still have a great hitting team without him. Honestly, I'd probably go Yankees, Phillies. It hurts to say Boston, but they'll probably make it. And I'd probably go with the Nationals. Yeah, they lost Rendon, but they still got the experience when it comes down to having to win it late. Boy, I, it's it's tough. I tell you what, I would I would pick the Rays if they had the same divisions. It's just when you mix in the Nationals and the Phillies, I don't see the Rays making it. I tell you what, I don't. The Central is a cluster. Because to me, the only two definite teams I'd say no to are Detroit and Kansas City. I. (laughs) That division. I'll be honest with with the way this is aligned to, I think you knock out the White Sox. I know they've been doing a lot. I don't know. With with this alignment. This this one kind of pains me personally to say this, but I think you knock out the Indians before you knock out the White Sox. I know it pains you. You're a classic Cleveland fan. (laughs) I just. For I'd me, probably, the Central, i probably knock out the Brewers late. Really? What, what do they have other than Yelich? Like, when Yelich went down last year, it was proven the Brewers are yeah, not that good. kind of right. Without Yelich, the Brewers aren't going anywhere. Man. So with a shortened season, I, I'd you say don't know where you're going to you get out of these guys. I'd say the for sure two locks in the Central are probably the Braves and Twins. I like the Cardinals. Cardinals always sketch me out because of this... They have that weird thing going on in the outfield. I still like them. And they're, I like them. Pitching is... <sighs> With this alignment, I'd probably take the Cubs as well. Braves, Twins, Cardinals, Cubs, just because of the I, alignment. I'd probably go Braves, Twins, Cardinals, Reds, I'd think. The Reds have, what, Trevor Bauer, and they're instantly studs? No, no. That's one thing I've, I didn't understand. Their Where, pitching is a bit sneaky good. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with I that, think, but... To me, their big question is really if, you know, a guy like Suarez can be can, can keep that production up. We'll see. And then I'm, not, I'm not huge on the Reds lineup. That's why. Like, if you, you need to well, score no, to win that's games. That's understandable. That's understandable. You, you need to score. You can't win a game 0-0. And then in the West... I think the Dodgers are chalk. The, the, West, are, the West is a little bit... Uh, they're an interesting spot because I, the, I'd go Dodgers. We're gonna see what happens with Houston. I'd go. I'd probably <laughs> because go. They're, I'd they're, probably go Dodgers A's. I'd go Dodgers A's for sure. Am I nuts thinking Texas can sneak in too? No, because I like Texas to be the if depending on the playoff format, I like Texas sneaking in. I just want I, to see. I think I think the Dodgers ace Texas, and boy, I think you have to. I think you put in the Angels, Astros, and Padres, and kind of pick one out of a hat. I'm gonna ride you the way you rode. I'm gonna pull you the way you rode the Browns. I'm riding the Angels till they make the playoffs. One of these years, they got a breakthrough. That's fair. With I mean, this, with this they, alignment, I see them. More times than not, dominating the Giants. More times than not, dominating the the Mariners. No offense, Matt. I'm sorry. 
I mean, I think the Diamondbacks... More times than not, dominating Arizona. I think the Diamondbacks could do something, but they're, they're the one team no. I think they would probably need more things to break their way to make it than the, the other fringe teams. Well, yeah. The way, the way that I'm looking at this is... Dodgers will be in no matter what they're no matter what they decide on divisions. Yeah. The Dodgers are making the playoffs. Health pending, obviously. I like Texas to sneak in. I'm not terribly high on Oakland still. Outside of Chapman and Olsen when it comes to hitting. Got a couple, maybe a Chris Davis that can help out late here and there, but eh. I like the Angels to sneak in. Like I said, I'm going to ride them until they break through. One of these years, Trout's going to have to do something. He's got Rendon to help at the plate now. Otani's going to be healthy. I'm not huge on Otani, but he proved what he can do. I love my shoey. I just, if I had to pick four from the West at first glance, Dodgers, Angels, it, it hurts to say Houston, but Houston and Texas. I know that a lot of the cheating scandal also happened in the regular season, so we don't know what Houston is really made of. But at the end of the day, with the rest of these teams, the Rockies have never been able to put it together regardless of the fact that the top five to six batters in their lineup are solid. They can't put it together. I will never pick them as a playoff team. I don't care how many World Series they yeah, win. Now, I mean, it's, it's weird because I think, you know, they got a lot of classic good hitters in that lineup. A guy like David Dahl. That's for what I'm instance. saying, and they can't put it together. But, yeah, but for them, it's for them, it's their pitching. Now they they just don't have like a pitching staff. It's kind of the opposite of what's always kind of been for them. I mean, my thing is, there's there's only I'll be honest with this realignment. There's probably only six or seven teams you can 110 percent write off as not having a chance. And that leaves the other 22 of them in play for the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do for the system. I don't know how they're going to, how many teams they're going to say are in the playoffs. I think a reasonable, a reasonable number to do would be nine because you have you have ten already. Yeah. So this is just it's going to be about the same amount of time instead of two wild card games. There's only one wild card game, and like I said, you can set up that the wild card winner has to play the best record, and then. Or even if you want to just do it that way, the wild card plays the best record, second best plays eighth best, third plays, you know, so on and so forth. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm just happy that they have some sort of plan moving forward. Um, I know it wasn't on there. Basketball facilities are opening up a week from Friday, so May 8th they're opening up. The only reason they're not going to open up in two days is because the Hawks said no, they wanted that extra week. So, um, it's something, I'm not sure how you can do basketball or hockey at this point, considering basketball would be either nearing or in the finals. Right now, no, we... Basketball would be nearing it. No, we'd be in the, we'd be in conference semis, I think, right now. Well, depending on how the series won. But... We'd be, that's the thing, baseball and football obviously have the best advantages right now when it comes to the major sports anyways on how to get back going. Um, I mean, this seems like a cool idea to have three just new divisions for the entire season just to get them back going. Well, they just need to decide a playoff format because with the way it's set up, you need you need something in place so that the teams know 
what's going on. But I like it. It's pretty cool. Um, hopefully we have a season. Yeah, so speaking of seasons, we'll transition over to our last talking point, which is NASCAR and their plan. So obviously, Pat, no, you're not big on the NASCAR front. <laughs> no. Um, but they have a return to action. They're in a bit of a more, um, I'll say, interesting spot, kind of the fact that you got a lot of outside influences, such as Toyota's engines come from California. Um, Goodyear factories are still shut down for tires, that type of deal. Uh, but their plan is to get back going Sunday, May 17th at Darlington. <clears throat> It'd be a 400-mile deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then from there, you have a bunch of different uh, <laughs> things going on. Um, no all-star race. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Wednesday, you have a lot of a couple midweek races, at least off the bat, and they're keeping everything within a short drive of Charlotte. So like Darlington, uh, Martinsville, Bristol, Atlanta, and then once you get to June 14th, a Sunday, that's when they make their first trip so far, which would be Homestead, Miami, Speedway, and Florida. Um, they have the first four races built distance-wise, 400 miles at Darlington, Wednesday, May 20th, at Darlington would be 310 miles of, in distance. Then you have the Coke 600, the traditional uh, Memorial Day weekend run, which would t still take place on the scheduled May 24th date for 600 miles. 300 miles that upcoming Wednesday after May 27th at Charlotte. Sunday, May, May 31st, scheduled at Martinsville, no distance determined there. Wednesday, June 3rd at Bristol, no determined distance. Sunday, June 7th at Atlanta, no determined distance, obviously, the week after in Miami with no determinisms. Um, gonna be interesting. Um, I listened to a couple different podcasts. Um, a lot of questions about whether or not, you know, what, what personnel will be there because you can still take the fans out of, of NASCAR, obviously, and like any other sport. And I don't think people fully understand the behind the scenes of these sort of events, you know, whether it is NASCAR or an MLB game or, you know, say we get to that point, an NFL game even, right? You still have you still have your broadcast technicians there. So think about that. They're, you know, combined with radio and TV, ballpark that at, say, somewhere in the 50-ish to 75 range, if you combine everyone in that realm. Um, obviously, it depends, you know, what event, what type of sport you're doing. Obviously, there's more medical presence and a NASCAR track, just given the dangers of it compared to an NFL game. But even then, they have their own different staffs there and everything like that. So that varies too. Um, NASCAR has the difference of with the competitors each have a crew with them. Apparently what they're going to do is have some sort of skeleton crew type deal where with about five or six guys going and they're doing everything from prepping the car to pit stops over the wall. But you got four, if you have a maximum of 40 cars there, 40 times 5 is 200 people. I mean, did think, no, wait, 400? I meant 200. <laughs> yeah. Look, I haven't had to math in a while. 
But, you know, they're saying everything from they're going to screen people, like, temperature-wise coming in everything like that, which, you know, is good. But all it takes is one person getting sick still with that many people in a relative close to area. Um, they're saying everything from having pit guys have the masks on still, that the spotters having masks on, which I don't know how you're going to properly communicate. But either way, um, spotters, they're the ones up in the stands, you know, yeah, no, high, low. <laughs> Yeah, don't they like talk to like walkies and radios and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I know the, the well. The one podcast I listen to is all spotters, and they're saying that the the plan is to have the spotters really spread out among the grandstand area. So they're saying that the ones I listen to are kind of like three of the main spotters up on the stand in terms of um, like recognition in terms of general public probably. Um, and they're saying, two of them are saying that if they're far away from people, they're supposed to take the mask off. And well, yeah, my, my face was the fact that you had said the communication with the mask. It's, it's, it might be a little muffled, but they're well, still going to be Well, it's already muffled because of the engines anyway. So. Yeah, they're going to still be able to talk to mm. a mask. It's not like the mask just, like, is totally soundproof and no sound gets out. That, no, I That's know. not an issue. But they're, they're talking just kind of like the general whatever of it. So... It's going to be interesting, I, I'd say, I'm going to call it, your, I, the, the way it sounds from MLB, from the MLB and NASCAR side of things, I think you'll hear something about NASCAR before MLB, only because obviously MLB has the union they have to go through. Um, I'm betting we'll hear stuff for sure locked in about both of these leagues within the next, I'm going to say five business days, give or take, so probably about... Friday next week would probably be the last would probably be the latest you'd hear anything on any of the uh, of any of this deal. Um, football's looking pretty good, I'd say. They're in a pretty decent spot at least I think to have fans in the stands. Um, I think we'll have a full-fledged football season. I just think we'll probably you know, football's in the catbird seat really of any of the sports right now, right? Like they don't have to nothing no camps are are planned right now anyway during the regular normal year. Um, I think you'd have OT. Isn't there an OTA for rookies or in first couple year guys that, that usually happens the end of May? Something then, like that. I, I don't know. I um, know that some teams have said that they're not even going to bother doing like online workouts no. because they, when it comes to the voluntary OTAs, they're essentially saying we trust our guys to work out and to be in yeah. shape to come back. So. It's one of those where they're going to say, stay at home, do the workouts you guys need to do to be ready to go. When we get word on when you can report, that's when you're expected to report. Yeah, and even then, they have camp, camps get going out for them mid to late July, depending upon which team. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if, at that point, if they even have to delay it by a couple of weeks, I mean, you can still push everything back a week. I, I think that's something that – they've even discussed is getting rid of the Pro Bowl for next year and just push Pro everything out a week anyways. and just, you know, do whatever. But, you know, it, it it's certainly an interesting time. You know, I I still ordered my football season tickets for Syracuse. Um, I think uh, even if it gets pushed back at all and they allow us in, I don't see anything changing there. No, apparently Syracuse, I guess, plans on having people students back in the fall so most colleges are well i mean i think that's what you got planned for not to get too far away but i mean i love kind of how people are just like how can you plan that like well you got planned for everything you know 
I don't think it's that much of a deal if they plan for either or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that wraps up today's show. Normally, Nick has a shout-out that he gives, but I will do the shout-out <laughs> for Nick today. Uh, big happy birthday to the dog, Harold Weber, 75 today. Happy birthday to him. Uh, hopefully we'll get him on here, you know, once this deal gets done. Um, it was a real honor getting him in here back in the fall, um, getting him in here for the spring sports uh, here, hopefully, whenever we get back to some normalcy. Uh, hope you're doing well, dog. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, enjoy cake or whatever the, whatever you're doing for your birthday. That's, <laughs> do, do they still celebrate birthdays normally? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't see why not. Pat, fun fact, anything. All right. Happy birthday, web dog. Um, hope you're doing well. Fun fact, this whole talk about baseball got me really excited, so I'm going to give you a baseball fun fact. Yes. Um, Juggling between a couple, we're going to go with this one, though. In 1963, Gaylord Perry famously said they're going to put a man on the moon before he hits a home run. July 20th, oh. 1969, yep. <laughs> Neil Armstrong sets fo- steps foot on the moon. About an hour later, Gaylord Perry hit his first and only home run. Yep. So a man truly did walk on the moon before he hit a home run. And that Let's, is your fun fact. Nick, hope to see you soon. Yeah. Get better, man. Hope you feel better, Nick. Happy birthday, Web Dog. Pat, thanks for coming in on short notice. Thank I you for having me, as it. always. If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Fingerlegs one uh, bring you the premiere coverage during this time right now. Keep coming back and supporting them. We'll catch you all whenever the next time is on the Fresh Takes Podcast.